His name is Heston Blumenthal. He is one of the greatest chefs in the world who has a perspective on food and eating like no one else on the planet. And we are back with another series of podcasts. Hello, Heston. How are you doing? Hello, his name is Jay Taylor. <laughs> who also has a perspective on food like no one else. I do a simplistic view. Yes. So that shows you how much there is to discover. Exactly. Over, over the decades, however long it is I've known you now, you have opened my eyes to many, many wonders in the food world. And this series of podcasts we're calling Journey to the Centre of the Food. And you're going to take us each episode on a forensic journey inside a single ingredient, sort of deep diving in that way that I know you do, but I don't think we do, or I certainly don't, By and hopefully give us a new perspective on things. Is that about right? Pretty much so. I think um, this year is going to be 25 years of the Fat Duck and basically 25 years of my life as a professional chef and 25 years of my own voyage of discovery. I've gone through like like one of those old science fiction films, adventure sci-fi films. I've journeyed to the center of the earth. It's like I've journeyed inside myself through discovery and all my experiences with the food that I've cooked and I've eaten, they've eaten and all the questions that I had in the process and the things I've discovered. And now I've got into the center. I'm now going to look back. So, but we have taken my big canvas sack of my toolkit and I'm now putting the inside out back into the outside in. <laughs> journey to the center of the yum. <laughs> okay, so journey us to the center of the yum. Which ingredient are we going to be diving into the middle of today? Well, thinking about putting the inside out back into the outside in. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Oh, very good. What came first? It's not a chicken for this podcast. <laughs> Journey to the center of an egg. Now, this is that's okay. That's interesting. I imagine as a chef, eggs have been part of cooking world from literally day one, right? That's something you've you've you grow up with. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say if you if you evolutionary um, evolutionary kind of information tells us that water and and some kind of wheat or flour so bread making would have been the would have been the first however there's a lot of evidence to show that we drastically moved advanced in our in our evolution to where we are today through the domestication of chickens and eggs and i think just about every culture in the world has eggs at the center of their uh, of, of their food culture in some shape or form. It's one of the most complete foods in many ways that you can eat. It's a very high source of protein. It's incredibly versatile. Um, and jumping forward into a sort of a professional kitchen environment, it is after water, salt. It is one of the most important ingredients of the kitchen because not only does it give flavor, uh, in, in, in an integral part of breakfast in many Western countries. But it's also incredibly valued main course, whether it's served with truffles or whether it's the hundred or thousand year old egg from Chinese cooking. But you need eggs in dessert, in cakes and in ice creams and in biscuits. And the egg yolk and the egg white 
are incredibly they're like two superheroes that are both put together and one of the problems which is a beautiful challenge if you're going to try and cook an egg whole the egg white goes hard at about 68 roughly i mean there's a five degree temperature range 68 degrees and the egg yolk goes hard at say 72. so you need to cook the egg yolk is inside the egg white but that needs a higher temperature so you've got to try and cook the egg to cook the higher temperature use the higher temperature to get the egg yolk cooked you're going to overcook the egg white and already houston heston you've got a problem and i can imagine that kind of conundrum being something that has perplexed you from day one as well i, I mean oh, yes what kind of obsessive detail did you go into when you were looking at how to cook eggs as well as possible a whole range of stuff from changing the density of the water and plopping eggs in from a supermarket to see how much they would float or sink we'll come on to that later through to looking at the membrane in an egg so you have an eggshell you have an egg white and you have an egg yolk but between the shell and the egg white is a membrane if you ever tried to peel a boiled egg Yes, I know what you mean. There's it's a little sort of dry skin bit. Skin. Yeah. There's a skin. And Quite that membrane, right. sometimes it sticks into the egg white. I mean, these are just, these are just, I'm just scratching the surface of the things that I'd asked about eggs. They are so wonderfully versatile. Uh, they, when you get an egg right, it can be one of the most beautiful things to eat. But there's still an awful lot that people, of simple stuff that kind of isn't simple. But when you have the answer, it's, it's a simple things that people should have access to, to make their life with eggs more pleasurable. There's a book there. My life with eggs. <laughs> but it's a good point, actually. Now you're talking, it's making me think about, obviously, all the different ways I have eggs. But even in their purest form, a boiled egg, just trying to get that timing right. And 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 I found the, the the foibles between certain eggs and certain times. I have the same timer set on my phone all the time, but the changes in the in the in the in the sort of squishiness of the middle is 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 amazing. Well, it's, it's massive <clears throat> because one, you've got the freshness of the egg. So I'm I'm going to give you two or three top line examples of the variables that make a difference to when you you're cooking eggs. So when an egg is laid over a short period of time. That egg, what happens is the proteins start to denature. They contract like a sponge, like a sponge or, you know, when you, when you squeeze a sponge or when you're, if you cook eggs too high, well, you, they're not too high if you want to scramble them, but if you're making a custard and the temperature goes too high, they scramble. So those proteins are denaturing, they're coiling up and then they force the water out. But that happens at room temperature after the eggs laid, an egg that's maybe a week or two weeks old is completely fine and cool to eat. However, the proteins have coiled up. Imagine squeezing a sponge and then the water gets forced to the outside of the egg. So when you crack, if you want to cook a fried egg and you crack the fried egg into a pan, have you ever noticed sometimes there's like this watery stuff around the outside? Yeah, what is that? I've always, yeah, you can see right through it. The egg's a bit older. So the proteins have denatured. The flavor's fine. Oh. It's fine for you to eat, but it squeezed the water out. So <clears throat> when you're making a souffle, you want the proteins 
to be denatured. You want, they're, they're less elastic. So go back to a fried egg. When you have a really fresh egg that you want to fry, you crack it into a pan and you have the egg white doesn't spread out all over the pan. It's actually relatively thick. And that's because it's fresh. It's fresh and all the proteins are elastic and they're holding all the water into the mix. You get a wonderful egg white. <laughs> it's when they get older that the water spreads out. But that less, that lower level of elasticity is what you want in a souffle. Because if your egg whites in a souffle are too elastic, it's doing, the souffle won't rise because it's like rubber bands. It will just keep it, it will stop it from rising. So it's an ingredient that the, the, the age of the ingredient can affect what you cook it with or how you cook it. Massively. And there's another effect with the age. If you notice in an egg, on an egg shell, or you just look at an egg, one end of the egg is more pointed than the other. There's a pointy end and a rounded end. That rounded end has an air pocket. And eventually, you end up with, a, with an old egg that you don't want to eat. So there is a test before to, to, you get a bowl of water and you pop the eggs, just a raw egg in its shell in the bowl of water. The fresher the egg, the less air there is in the cavity of the rounded side of the egg and it will stay submersed. The older the egg gets, the more the proteins denature and force water and, and air out of the system into the rounded end of the egg. And eventually that will then float. So I've always been interested, you know, when I go to your restaurants and stuff, I went to the one in Heathrow and I had breakfast there and the egg yolk was this bright, orange color and it's sort of what i associate with nice restaurants what affects the color of the egg yolk why are some egg yolks super bright and mine just sort of normal yellow is that breed of chicken so it's it's breed and feed so you if there are certain breeds of chicken and no matter what you feed them the egg yolk will not be really dark golden brown orange it will be more yellow there are some breeds of chicken that naturally will have a more rich darker, bronzy, orangey egg yolk than others. And then some breeds that if you then add the feed to their breed, you can then, the egg yolk can get even more kind of rich. One thing that is certainly a misconception is that a, a light sort of insipid colored egg yolk, it's not necessarily come from a rubbishy battery chicken. Did you go into did you go to very long lengths to get the right type of chicken for your restaurants and things? Yeah, well, that, and the most important thing for us is actually get the eggs the day they've been laid. That to me is a massive luxury. To have an egg laid fresh that day is a beautiful thing. And also, from a chef's point of view, if you want to make a souffle, at least you can say, right, I don't want to use these eggs for 10 days because the egg whites are too elastic and I'm not going to get a light souffle. My souffle will be heavy. You can get over that. You can get over that by, for example, putting the eggs in the freezer, putting the egg whites in the freezer breaks down the protein. So that's a, a chefy technique for making egg whites ready for souffles. But the egg white for a souffle is the opposite of the egg white for a poached egg. If you have an egg white for a souffle where all of the elastic proteins have been broken down, imagine you cracked your delicate egg into your pot of water to poach it and the egg white just goes, Ugh. 
when it comes to hard-boiled eggs, I have to say of the egg products, that's probably my least favourite of all egg things because it just seems so unappetising within them. I mean, is uh, which bit? Which bit of it is unappetising to you? I I, <laughs> I don't mind the white. I don't mind the yellow. But I really hate the bit in between the two, which goes sort of. Uh, grey. Greeny grey. Yeah, it's just not nice. Yeah, well, firstly, you probably hate the 100-year-old egg in Chinese cooking. I even find that a step. I think that's an acquired taste. What is it? In the Philippines, they have one as well. They bury it under the ground. So you preserve this egg in sort of minerals. Oh, my word. So Heston showed me a picture here of this thing, which looks so strange. So It all jellifies. All yeah, of it that's jellifies. what it looks like. It looks like a jelly, well, a horrible jellied sweet. It sort of looks a bit snotty, actually. Yeah, but it's all green. It's green and mucusy. I mean, it yeah. really is an. You have to train have you tried yourself. That? Have you tried? I it? have. I have. But it, I, if you, I think I'm convinced that the sight of it is the biggest hurdle to get over. Oh, so, I don't know. The fact it's a hundred year old egg is quite a big hurdle. Well, it's not actually a hundred years old. <laughs> you just you just bury it. You put it in minerals, and the minerals I think they affect, amongst other things, they affect the pH in the in, in uh, of the egg, and you end up with this. I mean, kids will look at it as a eyeball. Like it a looks just like, like an, an eyeball. eyeball. Yeah. I mean, it really is. If you've never seen anything like this before, you would have to probably go for three years to university to train yourself delicately, like a martial arts school of eating, to be able to consume <laughs> it. Move, come back from from that's a that's a, a problem with gases or that's created by various gases and pH change of pH through the minerals that the egg is put in. So that's extreme. But now bring back to what you were talking about with the hard boiled egg. If uh, sometimes that, and it's connected also to the little air pocket we talked about and the, on the rounded side of the egg, if you plunge it into hot water, boiled egg, into boiling water, one, the shock can crack the yolk and you can get all your egg white coming out into the water, but also, you're more likely to get that green band around the egg yolk. So this is this nicely dovetails into, uh, maybe I was thinking of sharing a couple of simple everyday egg recipes and little tips for, for, for turning the mundane egg into something a lot more special and, 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 and exciting and enjoyable and less scary. So firstly, don't keep your eggs in the fridge. Why not? You don't need to, firstly. An egg outside in the in the egg bowl for a week to ten days is completely and utterly um, fine, safe, and healthy. Just remember that if you want a poached egg, you need a fresh egg. If you put it in the fridge, there's a couple of things that can happen. Three main things that can happen. Have a guess. See if you can guess any of them. Okay, so in theory, it's going to slow down the aging process, but I imagine the change in temperature does something to it. Does that affect the proteins inside it and makes the water come out? Pretty impressive first uh, first hit of that because right. if you take well if you take an egg from the fridge, it will do something. It will slow down the aging process. But if you then cook it from cold, the the, the differential in temperature between the fridge and your hot water, and room temperature and hot and hot water is significant. So that shock can crack the shell. Do you know when you put your eggs, you put them <laughs> in a pot of boiling water. And they crack and the egg white spills out all through the water. You don't yeah. really like that. Yeah, I mean, you, you want it I didn't it even know that was fraught. Yeah, I always wondered why that happened. I thought it's, it was it's, it's it. generally no, it's the shock. So if the egg's too cold and the water's too hot, the greater the contrast between the temperature of the egg and the water it's in, there's more likely for the shell to crack. Amazing. That's one. 
Okay. Another one is eggs have this incredible ability through osmosis to take on smells of the fridge. So if you are being, if you're really? being sort of, you know, you're being very refined and you've got an awful lot of money or your best friend's giving you a black truffle. You're very different friends you, to me. <laughs> well, no, if your best friend. No. <laughs> um, you put the a classic French thing is to put a truffle in the egg box with the eggs. So the egg takes on the, the smell. The egg takes of the... on the smell of the truffle. It can take some of the truffle smell away, but the egg takes on it. And, and to, to, to such an extent that if you make scrambled eggs with it, you will taste the truffle wow so So can i do that with other stuff yeah a load of crushed load of garlic put it in with a load of herbs yeah put it it will through osmosis it will take on the smells because aroma molecules are really tiny and egg white is uh, the ph of egg white again coming back to ph and putting the century-old eggs into different minerals and stuff it's very important so basically if you have water think of a pot of water and then you've got a food all food has water in it so let's say it's an apple and you boil apples in water what will happen is the 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 density of the of the liquid in the apple is different to the density of the liquid in the water but it's not that different so the apple will go really squidgy and fall apart if you then put salt in the water or sugar hence canned fruit poached fruit you make a syrup. So that syrup is more dense than the water. The, if you make the syrup more dense than the sugar and water that's naturally existing in the apple you're putting in the syrup, what will happen is the water, the density will start to um, equilibrate. It will balance itself out. But in that process, you're having a toing and froing of exchange between the water in the apple and the water in the in the in the, in the liquid. So this dense density equilibrium. But in the process of that exchange, so thinner water goes to thicker, thicker goes to thinner. You get like a vacuum, and you have this osmotic pressure. It's called. So in the process of the water being sucked out, it's leaving the apple into the more dense water. But the so the apple is not absorbing any more water and falling apart. It's actually becoming more uh, dense. Hence, tin fruit, post apples in in syrup. Yeah, it's why they're so fat, sort of heavy when you get them. Yeah, it's because of that. The, because the, the quantity of sugar in the water in the, the apple is poached in. So, in the process, as that water exchanges, the water comes out of the apple, and there's a, what they call osmotic pressure. It's like a vacuum pump that draws in aromas from the liquid so if you put in your poaching liquid for your fruit if you put loads of rosemary in it for example while the apple's cooking as the water goes from the apple into the syrup and the and the vice versa it pulls in with it the aroma molecules because they're so tiny they're so tiny tiny small molecules they will go into the apple it's the same as marinating uh, if you if you put meat in, in in a brine and you put loads of herbs it will suck it. It's like a two-way suction process. Water goes from apple into syrup, and in the process, there's there's like you could say there's space now for flavour to come into the apple. So, turning that in into an egg in the fridge, the similar things ha- th- similar thing happens with the egg white. So it will take on flavours that you put the egg with. So if you want that, fabulous. If you don't want that, don't keep your eggs in the fridge. If you don't want the shells to crack, 
don't keep your eggs in the fridge or take them out a good couple of hours before you cook them. And the third thing, there's more, but the third main thing is people don't think about. Where do most fridges expect people to store their eggs? In the door and a little Exactly. Back. Oh, so you're smacking them around the whole time. Yeah, you imagine with the, the suction and those self-bloody... Nowadays, that. your fridge tells you you're a bad person. We get more bleeps. Your oven, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> your dishwasher, beep, beep, beep. Your fridge, beep, beep, beep. Your car, beep, beep, beep. You just get told off by all of your kit. <laughs> You've left the fridge open. I'm going to suck it shut now like the freezer. So you have to become a superhero to open the door. <laughs> yes. Imagine when you eventually get the door open, what do you hear? You hear the eggs bashing. So you've got an egg yolk inside the egg white, this poor little thing. You might as well do the rumba with it or do a, <laughs> do a you know, castanet dance. You're just shaking. You're making scrambled egg basically inside the eggshell. This is a, I've never, I've genuinely never considered my eggs in this level of depth before. This is, this is brilliant. One thing, um, and we're running out of time now, but one thing I did want to ask you. Oh my God, I've got 17 recipes. And I know, I've got I think we 250 have years of French egg culture <laughs> integrated with, uh, with Northern Egyptian cuisine. So one thing I wanted to check, ask you about is I've heard that an omelette is considered uh, the sort of true test of a chef. And I sort of want to know what that meant and what you thought about that. Well, it, it, it indeed is true. That's, that's uh, many great restaurants have, I mean, I've always done interviews, working interviews with chefs, cook me an omelette, cook me an omelette, see how you're going to do. And there's lots of opinion on how an omelette should be, shouldn't be colored on the outside. You want it sort of trembling in a certain way. The inside, there's a way that you stir the eggs, the temperature of the pan, the way that you allow the eggs to fold over themselves. Yes. But for me, there's, if you're going to take a single egg dish, I would say a poached egg. I love this challenge where egg whites and egg yolks. So the egg is an egg yolk. It's a, obviously it's many other compounds, but essentially you've got the egg yolk and the egg white. They can be used together. They can be used separately. They can be used separately and then combined. You can, so the egg yolk can be used as a, as a, as a, almost like a built-in sauce, this rich, runny golden yolk of yumminess or it can be used to add to biscuits to add richness to the biscuits. So obviously it's going to be baked out. Now, when you think about boiled eggs or fried eggs, you want everyone automatically say, well, I want generally a nice evenly cooked runny yolk. Yeah. But we don't think about the white and quite often the yolk might be runny and the white's like rubber. Yeah. White's almost From, like the side dish, isn't it? It's almost the uh, Yeah, when you get the white right, it is the stage for the yolk. It's like it's like the trophy picking the trophy up for the yolk. The yolk, the egg white is the ultimate supporting role. The egg yolk is like a, you know, the world's <laughs> greatest football striker can't do it with somebody feeding him the ball. When the egg white is when you get the egg white right, then it becomes something ethereal. And that's the challenge in a complete egg. The white needs a lower cooking temperature than the yolk, but the yolk is inside the white. So yeah. if you apply the lower temperature to the white, then the yolk doesn't get cooked at all. So, when so you're for doing me, that's egg, much how do you do that? Well, that's my, much more of an interesting challenge. Before the poached egg, I'll just touch on a fried egg. There okay. is a fried egg technique that I looked at did years ago, 
where what you do is that you need a fresh egg so the egg white is nice and dense crack the egg now don't crack the egg on the side of a bowl because when you crack the egg on the side of a bowl or an edge the eggshell goes in and the shell can go into the egg just crack the egg on the flat work surface just tap it you don't need to crack it on the in the on the edge of a bowl so the first thing make sure it's not been kept in the fridge and uh, not fridge door so it's you know that your egg yolk is comfortably stable in its lovely warm surrounding of its egg white its album then <clears throat> you separate the white from the yolk and you do this both with a fried egg and a poached egg so separate the two then you have your frying pan put your grill on or put the oven on pretty full 15 minutes before you can do the grill but you've got to stand by it because the grills have got a more of aggressive heat from above but you then crack you put your egg white into your pan you can use butter or oil but you're not if you want crispy brown bits on the egg white it's fine fry it if you want it really delicate and light then you're confing the egg white what does confit so mean confit means poaching in fat so butter or oil so you can put and you can use this oil again you have a good amount of oil so the egg white just just bathes in this warm oil and it just goes slightly opaque it's not mucousy and it's not rubbery it goes like a jelly like the most beautifully delicate jelly when you put it in your mouth it just poof, just disappears so there you're creating the stage the platform for the king yeah. and then you put the yolk on top of the egg white don't season it yet. I'll explain why in a second. And then you pop it in the oven for a minute or two minutes really? under the grill. So then you're baking your egg yolk on top of your del delicately cooked white. So and it's a raw egg yolk and I put it in the oven. <clears throat> yeah, for a top. couple of minutes. So the egg, the egg yolk cooks. You've cooked the white at its delicate temp temperature, but it's not, it's not trapped. The egg yolk isn't trapped inside the white. It's now on top of it. So you give it a quick flash under the grill and then you cook your egg yolk. Then when you serve it, put your, before you put the egg yolk on actually, put salt on the white. If you put salt on the egg yolk, it looks like it's cooked. The egg yolk gets a skin. So put some flakes of salt on the egg white and when it comes out of the oven, just mill pepper over it. There's your fried egg. And for your poached egg, this we must have done um, 200 versions of this to get this right. So traditionally in poached eggs, Two main things people do that I, th I just think are they're trying to overcome problems, but, but by, by making it safer by these two techniques, I'm going to tell you what happens is you actually, you, your poached egg suffers. The egg white goes, have you noticed in the hotels when you have poached eggs, it's like been cut with the scissors and it's like crimped at one end and the egg white is like paper. What they do, the two things they do is put the water in the pan, bring it to the boil, and then you take a spoon and you spin the water, make a vortex. Yeah. But you also put vinegar in the water. And the reason for doing those two things is the vinegar, the acid, coagulates the egg white. So it stops the egg white being thrown around like a jellyfish tentacle through the water. Yes. So it keeps it okay. together. Right. But what it does is it sets the outside of the egg white so it looks like paper. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't look it goes, appetizing. It goes dry and not appetizing. Then the vortex keeps the egg white spinning around the yolk so it doesn't go all over the place. Yeah. 
what I found was that if you take a fresh egg white, or you take a fresh egg, crack the egg on the work surface like we spoke, and then take a slotted spoon, uh, and then quickly just put the put the egg on the slotted spoon, and you'll hold it up over a bowl. You'll see the watery part of the egg white will come through the slots of the spoon. Just do that for a few seconds. So you're left with a dense egg white plus yolk. And then you can just pop that in a little ramekin, bring a pan of water, uh, a litre or two. Uh, you can salt it or you salt it after, but salt it, salt it to taste. Put an upturned plate on the bottom of the pan, just so if when you plot the egg in, it doesn't hit the hot metal on the bottom and heat it to 80 degrees. Now that's it. So you, by the way, this recipe. <laughs> it's important because if the water is boiling too much, its turbulence will throw the egg white all over the place. It's like you know, you, you just want to cool something down with a fan, and then you put uh, then a helicopter lands and blows everything all over <laughs> the place. It's too strong. The turbulence is too. So you need the water hot enough to be able to set the egg white, not too aggressive or boiling to throw it all over the place, and not too hot to overcook it on the outside. So 80 degrees, and you have to trust me on this, after a couple of hundred goes, and doing it again and again and again, we found a temperature. Now just drop it in, just drop it in. Drop it water. in, four minutes. Then lift it out with a slotted spoon or a little mesh, you know, sieve thing, and then pop it on a piece of kitchen paper or something. And you can keep that water, if you, you can do that, you can do that you know a couple of hours before and then you could do 10 of them and then you can just drop them in the water to reheat them quickly but you do that put that on a piece of toasted buttered bread with some milk black pepper and it is a thing of beauty it turns it, it turns it into it is one of the single greatest ingredients that you could ever imagine eating to me having gone through all of that <laughs> i think the poached egg a poached egg like that, I, if, some, if a chef could do that for me, I'd employ them any day. That was the perfect illustration of what a pure food fanatic you are. And also, a genuine journey to the centre of yum, as you said. Thank you so much for that. That was really brilliant. I thoroughly enjoyed the journey. I think we will have to revisit eggs once again, or maybe more times, because I have so many more questions to ask you about. But for now, uh, I'm going to go and get some fresh eggs out of the fridge. <laughs> put them on the side. <laughs> Throw yeah. some truffles over them. Throw some truffles over them. Or just put them in one of your old sports socks. <laughs> I will never look at eggs the same way again. Heston, thank you so much. That was wonderful. We'll be back again soon for more journeys to the centre of the arm. But for now, please say goodbye, Heston. Goodbye, Heston. Goodbye, Heston.